Hello and welcome to Simply Edify's podcast. Our goal is to encourage women as we navigate the messiness of life through biblical studies, personal stories, and practical tips that bolster our walk with Jesus daily. Thank you for joining us in our episode today. Welcome back. We are going into Mother's Day weekend. And so we've been thinking about mothers and talking about it a lot. And um, I have had these two moms from the Bible on my mind for a really long time. And I've just, the parallel between their two lives, even though they're from completely different times and stories, I don't know, it's just something I've been thinking on for a while. And I've I've been talking to April about it. We just decided to, to talk about it today. Yeah. We uh, have been talking about a lot of different women in the Bible recently, so why not focus on some moms? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And um, a while back, it was actually at one of our meetings, we had Miss Bethley Young come and speak, and she was talking about Hannah and her prayers and how, you know, God blessed her with her son. Samuel and during that time I the wheels just started spinning and I was thinking about man Hannah is just such a man I like her yeah (laughs) she just she's a very selfless woman like even though she desired something very strongly she was just a very selfless person Mm. I think that, that comes through her story if I was being tormented by another woman I think I'd be a little bit more like bratty than what Hannah was. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So she, you know, had to share a husband with this woman and then she, this other woman was able to have children and she was not. And that was heartbreaking. And also culturally would have been just a a shame and a, a huge burden on her. And she just desired a child so desperately. And she went to the temple and prayed and she was praying so passionately that the priest thought she was drunk. But when he realized what was actually going on he told her that she would have what she prayed for and god blessed her with her son samuel and there's just all sorts of of parts of that story that i enjoy even just the way her husband tried to comfort her and just Mm -hmm. failed so abysmally (laughs) but he really did try (laughs) and um i was thinking about how god gave her exactly he gave her that gift of samuel and that baby that she so desperately desired and then she knew that she had a limited amount of time with him because she had promised to give him back to the Lord. And in that time, she was actually like, it was talking about how she had the time where she was nursing him up until basically when he was weaned. And that could have been, that was a lot different than it is for us. It would have been years. It wouldn't have been a few months. It would have been years. But she had that short amount of time where she was nurturing him physically and also just you know, spending that quality time with him. And then she had to, she chose to give him back to the Lord. And she gave him to the Lord wholeheartedly, like physically took him to the temple and dropped him off and left him. Yeah. Something I find interesting too, is that she dropped him off with Eli, the priest and Mm -hmm. Eli's sons were already grown men who were already not following the Lord. Mm Mm-hmm. Yet she still she left her son with Eli. To me, I would be like, well, this guy hasn't proven himself to be a good father. So why would I leave my son with him? But it wasn't him that she was leaving. She was leaving him with the Lord. Yeah. 
I, I think there was a lot of faith in that. And she didn't, oh man, there's so much we could sit here and unpack, but you know, she wasn't, she didn't let the times change her commitment. And she didn't say, oh, well, times are hard. Um, the world is crazy. You know, I can't trust my spiritual leaders. All these, all these possible excuses that she would have had to kind of hold on to her child and like not let him go. She she didn't do that because she did trust God. And the other woman that I wanted to talk about, and I'll, I'll bring them back together here, was Jochebed. And she also was living in a very tumultuous time. It was terrible. She was in a horrible, they were literally in slavery, not just slavery, but they had started having actual persecution against their babies. They were trying, they were killing all the, the male children and Jochebed chose to save her child. And she already had two children and then she saved Moses from being killed by hiding him away. And again, she had this gift of this child and she took it so seriously. And she, again, like Hannah, <laughs> she gave her child to God. She, in faith, she gave her child to God. She put him in that basket into the Nile River in faith. And God gave her, just like Hannah, when she went to the temple of praise, she said, when when God gives me this child, I will give him back. And they both kind of entered into raising their children with this idea that this child does not belong to me. And then they gave them to the Lord. Then God let them keep that baby. We know that, you know, in the end, even though Jacob had sent her child down the Nile River, she ultimately was called to nurse this child. Again, just like Hannah, she got that time to nurture him and to physically raise him. I just think that there's the thing that's interesting that they both had that time. They both offer their child up in faith, knowing that God was going to take care of them. But then they were also given that time to nurture and raise that child. But then they had to actually take their hands off their child and step back and walk away and trust God. In both times, they left their children in hands of people that they had no control. Jacobed mm-hmm. had no control over the Pharaoh. Hannah had no control over Eli. Mm-hmm. And they weren't trusting those people. They were trusting God with their children. And I think that that was very convicting to me because, you know, I've given my children. I In, in words, I have given my children to God. And then he has given me these short years. Thankfully, it's longer than the time it takes to wean them. But we are given short years to nurture them and to, you know, raise them. Mm-hmm. And then we have to just give them back to God. I, my children are are young still. My oldest is almost 10. So I still have years before we're at the place where she's leaving home. But that's something that I see over and over really is good Christian mamas who just love their baby so much and have invested so much into them, but then they can't let them go. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of problems that arise when they just don't take their hands off and like and trust God because the world is scary and the world is crazy and there's a lot of stuff we can't control, but we can trust God. Yeah. Yeah. Psalm 127, you know, comes to mind as far as what we're talking about, as far as like letting go of your children, right? Because it just tells us the purpose of our, the children in Psalm 127. It says, Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. So it tells us right there that our children are for God. 
for his reward, not for us. And then it says, as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gates. And it's not to have a quiver full of arrows that are going to stay on your back. (laughs) It's to have those arrows to be able to shoot out into the world and to Mm -hmm. be able to send back and do what they were called to do. And, you know, I just posted the other day because this thought was going through my mind, like there is so much to be afraid of in this world, but in the world does target our children, but really our job is not to protect them, but to sharpen them as arrows, as a weapon. They are to be used to bring the light of the gospel to the lost and dying world, not to be like sheltered in a cocoon where no bad thing can ever happen to them because that's just not reality like that that's not going to happen like even if we protect them from the ideas of this world which we are supposed to give you know maintain their innocence and all those things but even if we are to like put them in a greenhouse you know i've heard that before like i'm putting my kids in a greenhouse and I'm going to protect them from the elements and that type of a thing. Like, I, okay, to an extent, I understand that. But what are you doing to actually sharpen them, to actually prepare them? There was very okay. little that Jacobed could do to really prepare Moses at in a young age, but she still did because he still saw the contrast between Pharaoh's house and his house, how he was raised. Like he knew that he made that conscious choice. Because in that precious time that he had with his mother and what he saw of his family, maybe they interacted with each other still in some form. He saw that and he chose. So Mm -hmm. it's just, it's the idea of raising your kids in faith instead of fear, instead of I'm going to try my very best to hang on to my children and protect them and all of the things I'm not saying like expose them to all the wickedness. That's not my point. It's just, you're supposed to be sharpening them. Well, if that had been Jacobed's intent, she would have never put Moses in a basket in the river. She would have hidden him away in her home and he would have been probably found out, but most likely stunted in his growth and his maturity and his, you know, his his development because he would have been hidden away forever. There, There would have been no way for him to grow inside that environment. And something that this is a little bit of reading between the lines, I will say this. But I, not too much though. We know that Jacob and her husband, although we don't know much about him, did something right because their three children were used by God. It wasn't just Moses. Miriam and and Aaron were were ready when when Moses came back and said, "This is what God's told me, and like this is what this is what we're gonna do. <laughs> this is what God's doing." They joined up with him. They were ready to be there, and they they're all throughout Moses' story. And I think that there's. A reason for that. I think that Jacobed took that time seriously. And she she could have, and again, just like Hannah, she had excuses. They were in a foreign land. They were around foreign gods. It wasn't easy. They had hard lives. Like there were so many things that could have been a excuse to not do that. Mm-hmm. And and she didn't do that. She raised her children. I've read so many verses. I think I might have shared this before. I um 
I one time was just kind of looking for answers about raising my kids and I was really stressed out about all the, you shouldn't do this, you should do this. There's so many different child rearing philosophies and I just had all these different voices in my head and I was trying to like weed out what was truth and what was not. And when I went searching in God's word, what I found was less of lists of do's and don'ts and more of teach your children my word, live in a way that reflects my word. And just verses like that over and over and over again of let your kids know me and teach them about me, teach them my word. And and then the rest kind of follows from that. And there are lots of do's and don'ts, but the heart of it was let your kids know who God is and show him an accurate, show them an accurate view of me, mm-hmm. me being God, not me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know, these are two mamas that we can look at in scripture, but There are also other people in the Bible that very similarly had to do the same thing. Um, I think of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, their parents. I mean, they were obviously well-established in what they were going to do and not going to do as young men when they were taken Mm -hmm. captive into Babylon. That's a direct result of good parenting. (laughs) Then... Even Mordecai, when Esther was taken into the palace, like he raised her, he raised her to be the way that she was, which gained favor with the king and and allowed the entire nation of Israel to be saved. Like these are just other examples of people who in scripture knew that they were in a hard situation, like the world around us, we can look at it and we can be like, it is crumbling apart. It is wicked on every hand. It is horrible and, and bad. And it truly, right. And we can stress and we can worry and we can fear, or we can say that in times past, God has been faithful to use his word and his people to have a remnant of truth and light and show the gospel. So I can be part of that and I don't have to worry and I don't have to fear and I don't have to live my life oh, did you hear about this thing? And did you hear about that thing? And did you, you know, and and they're trying to do this and they're trying to do that. And they're trying, you know, and be simple concerning evil, like know what's going on in the world. But at the same time, don't sit there and and stress about it 24 seven and stress about what your kids are going to have walk in and live in and and prepare them, just prepare them. I, our kids are going to face hard times. That's inevitable. And no amount of worry is going to change that. Well, like you said, what we have to do is just prepare them and prepare their hearts more than anything else. Let them know that um, hard times don't necessarily equal bad times, that God is near no matter no matter what, that you have to choose what's right. And that goes down to simple, how they talk to their siblings, how they treat people who are weaker than they are, how how they interact with people who are different than them. And just very simple things are, are character building. And they they might survive, but they won't live a life that glorifies God if they don't have any character. Mm-hmm. I think of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Bennett. They The Bible says they purposed in their heart. As you're saying, it's, it's a heart issue. Like if our children don't have a heart for God, that is something that we as mamas should pray for more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I I know in some of my own children, like I can see some of them really do have a desire and a heart to do things to please God, not necessarily to please mommy or daddy, but to please God. And I can see that difference. 
you know, mm -hmm. and others of them haven't quite got there yet. So I'm still praying. <laughs> We're still praying. Sometimes it but, takes a while, but. But you have, you have given your children to God and you have um, trusted God with your children. And you have also, you're now we're in those years of nurturing them and doing our very best to raise them up to know and serve God. I actually think that um, looking around at some of the kids that I, I, I work at a school and when I see kids that are just excited for Christ, <laughs> um, it just gives me so much hope. And it's not hope that the world's getting better because I don't think it is, but hope that God's not done. God's still working and God has these children in the world at this exact moment for a reason. And he gave us these children at this exact moment in time for a reason. And so that gives me a lot of hope, honestly, and a lot of excitement and motivation to just dig in my heels. And like you said it, perfectly we have got to parent out of faith and not fear and that's not always easy mm -hmm. but i think that if you stop and look at the example of hannah mm -hmm. and jacobed and just if if they had not let go we wouldn't have had the prophet samuel we wouldn't have had moses and not just those men would have been affected but an entire entire nation would have been affected so don't think that you're in a bubble your decisions are have a ripple effect and um god is just as real now as he was in the days of moses and samuel he is for sure and as far as mother's day and no this isn't like hey mom it's doing a great job <laughs> You know, sometimes I sometimes I hear that and I just like immediately in my mind I'm like no I'm not <laughs> you know what I mean like we all know our own failures we all know our own faults and we all you know probably are too hard on ourselves or whatever and I get it but at the same time like there's a reason why God put these ladies in the Bible their stories and they're showing us that we can we can let go of the most precious thing that God has given to us and it can be okay and God can use it even though it's hard. And, you know, more often than not, it's not like we're taking our, our children and putting them in the Nile River or giving them to Eli to be trained. That's not what's happening. More what it is, is living by biblical principles and standards and following God in our life. That is what's giving them back to the Lord. It's training our children in a biblical manner and not our own manner not our own thoughts, not the worldly philosophies, not, and, and just all of that, you know? And, um, sometimes we complicate it. Brian always makes fun of me because I've never been one to like really love the baby dedication. <laughs> I'm just like, it's a day-to-day -day thing, Brian. It's not like a get up in front of everybody and have this, you know, like ceremony. I'm not a ceremony person. You are not. She doesn't even like birthdays. No, I'm not. And <laughs> so to me, it's just like that day-to-day -day choice. I'm like, it's a day-to-day -day choice. It's not just a one and done, but it's every day. Well, and you know, in my typical fashion, I will say I can see both sides of it because... <laughs> I think that I like, I like ceremony, but, and I do think it is nice to, for me. It's nice to have a point in time for reference, mm -hmm. but I fully agree that it is also a day-to-day -day thing, much like every other thing that we do that well. <laughs> It's yeah. a day-to-day -day decision and day-to-day -day effort. So this is your encouragement, mamas. 
every day. And you probably are. I will say you probably are doing much better than you think. Mm-hmm. And yes. just let God be your strength and know that, man, when you mess up, we all mess up. And there's grace for that. There is grace for that. There is so much grace for that. And God does forgive and God has new mercies every morning. We we can be victorious in every area of our life, including our motherhood. Especially our motherhood. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today and come back next time. See ya. We are honored that you chose Simply Edify to be a part of your day. If this episode was a blessing to you, would you consider subscribing to our podcast as well as writing a review or giving us a rating? This would be such a help to our ministry. We would love for other people to find us, and this is one of the ways that they can. Thank you.